Welcome to GlitchCube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody, for another fun and exciting conversation here. Uh, We are going to be testing out something a little different. We like to touch on a lot of nostalgia points quite often, actually, in our show. Um, But that's just because that's who we are. It's what built us up. It's what who made us we are today right like it's nice it's part of gaming exactly that we have to look back in order to see where we're going in the future which i'm sure is something i said in a previous episode because it sounds like a classic trope of mine but <laughs> but today we are testing out a new little segment here we're doing hashtag rehash where we look back at games of our past and maybe make the other person play who hasn't played it or maybe we both played it and we just revisit it to see if it still holds up and today oh we got a good one for you uh this is my pick because uh, it was definitely one that i really enjoyed in the past uh it is beautiful joe baby that game was fantastic i remember loving that game when playing it as a kid just because it had all the the things that I enjoyed it. I mean, it had fucking like Power Ranger stuff. It had like kaiju robot battles. It, like, you know, you're playing, you're breaking the fourth wall. The characters were pretty funny at the time. The writing seemed, you know, fun for me when I was younger. Now, the big question is, does that still hold up for my for me today? Ooh, we shall see, and we will discuss that one a little bit later in the episode. But Chris here hasn't pl- or didn't play Beautiful Joe when he was younger, and he was forced to play it <laughs> recently. <laughs> so I want to hop in with that. What is your initial reaction coming at it now with your wise eyes of beat 'em ups and all that fun stuff? Uh, what was your take on Beautiful Joe? Uh, I mean, overall, I enjoyed what it was. I think, uh, growing up, I remember always seeing the ads and magazines and game stores. And I was like, man, that game looks so cool. Like, it's like everything that I like in a game, you know, cell shading, side scrolling. I was like, like, that was what I wanted. And weirdly enough, I never ended up getting it. Like, I just... I guess I got distracted by other games, like especially during a GameCube era, there were so many games that I loved and I just got distracted pretty easily. But uh going playing it recently, right, it I guess it wasn't as fluid as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um I mean for the time I could say that yeah, I would have enjoyed it. And I did enjoy playing it recently. Like I think that it's a lot easier to go back to than some other games that were kind of like it, like a few other brawlers. And the only thing that kind of bothered me was I feel like, and this is probably more, I played the GameCube version. Um, I feel like maybe the PlayStation, I might be more accustomed to the controls. But with the GameCube controller, I was like, I kept messing up the buttons. You know, I'm so used to like, modern controller like kind of layouts mm. so i kept hitting the wrong buttons and i was like what like why can't i get this like i know i'm not getting old or i'm like <laughs> well we don't are, remember this you know <laughs> having a moment real quick <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh my god like i can't believe this is happening but i thought it was really ingenious and you know looking and we'll get more into like the history of the company and stuff it knowing that you know platinum games kind of came out from this 
it it makes a lot of sense and i think also i'm spoiled by a lot of modern brawlers or in this style that it felt a little hard to get back to mm. just because i was so used to the conveniences and quality of life that a lot of modern games have now mm. and this is coming from someone who almost always plays retro games like that's that's like what i'm into so playing this i was like oh this is cool but it just felt like it was missing something and i don't really know what it is like i i've been thinking about this all week like what is that thing that it's really missing because i mean i love the upgrade system and i think that it does really well with it right but some of the nuances with the v time and stuff i was like oh like it's cool i feel like you're kind of doing the same thing over and over which is normal in these kind of games but at the same time, I was like, it was almost too samey. Mm. But I mean, if this game got a remaster, I'd I'd get it. Like I I would love to see what they would do with it. And I still think it's a great game. It's just wasn't really for me. Mm-hmm. I guess is the nice way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it has its tropes. It has its little things, its quirks, and all that stuff. And if you're not like, I would say looking back at it from a modern perspective, it definitely does have a little bit of, you know, polish needed, I would say. Uh, the graphics aren't the greatest. It's a little blurry, I would say, too. Um, even with some of the emulators I was using, like, it looked good, but there was definitely some, like, major clipping issues and stuff like that that we ran into. But I want to hop into kind of like the story of Beautiful Joe real quick, uh, just because it's it's fun. It's campy. It's all, the, it's zany. It's everything that you could potentially want and need from a silly turn-your-brain-off kind of game. So you start out in a movie theater, right? You're watching this movie with your girlfriend, Sylvia, and it's a they're showing a retro movie, a classic from the past, and it's Joe's favorite movie franchise and all that stuff, right? So, <laughs> which I think is hilarious the way this game opens up because she's not interested in the movie at all. She doesn't want to see it. She thinks it's cheesy, it's too much. And actually, all she wants to do is fool around in the movie theater, and it's like, what? What is this? This was obviously made by men. <laughs> so... <laughs> but then huh. the movie starts talking to you. They start breaking the fourth wall and eventually Sylvia gets grabbed by the big bad and taken into the silver screen itself. And now Joe has to hop into the movie and fight his way around uh, through the stages in order to save Sylvia, his girlfriend. So classic hero trope, right? It's one of those kind of deals. But the way that they mask it with all of the Power Ranger style tropes and all that stuff, I mean, his catchphrase says it all, man. Henshin a go-go, baby. Like, I fucking love it. It's so silly, so stupid. (laughs) And all the, like, over-the-top, like, Sailor Moon style poses that he does, it was just really, it's just super silly and campy but one of the things that i actually kind of enjoyed with it is that you can tell that this game didn't take itself too seriously which is nice because it shouldn't (laughs) it shouldn't at all honestly uh but as you're going through the stages you come to find out that uh they the character the bads of the movie are or of the game are trying to take over the world they realize that they're in a movie and it is losing popularity and degrading over time and eventually the world is going to be destroyed around them they're going to be discarded like many pieces of tissue paper as one of the villains does eventually say uh so the the whole point is that they're trying to break into the real world and live on and you know conquer everything that way so it's 
that's the kind of basic idea behind the whole movie. And then you end up gaining these different kind of movie style powers along the way. And of course, they take a lot of really classic tropes from action movies. So one of the first abilities you get is the ability to slow down time. And when you do that, you actually do more damage to enemies. It doesn't really explain that, but you do see it whenever you're hitting things like their armor breaks off and all that stuff. So it does make it a little bit more interesting. And then the next one would be the speed up time ability. So everything goes super fast. And if you um, if you set up a bunch of combos, Joe starts catching on fire and then you can catch enemies on fire. And you actually use that ability to kind of solve certain puzzles and things like that, too, like lantern puzzles that are strewn about throughout the game, too, which is kind of fun. Then uh, with more camera tricks that they do, uh, eventually you unlock the ability to zoom in actually to your character, which when I was a kid, I was like, this all this stuff together is fantastic. It's super fun and it's really cool. Uh, now looking back at it, it's like when you zoom in, you can't see shit. <laughs> like <laughs> You're just so zoomed in and you can only do certain abilities when you're zoomed in. So it gives that like dramatic movie star effect, but you don't even see what you're hitting half the time. So it's just like, OK, like I get what they're going for, but it just didn't really play out the way they I, I don't think that they would want. But it saying that and seeing the success of the game in general it's kind of like yeah maybe they did exactly what they wanted so it's just kind of me looking back at it retroactively i guess uh but eventually you do end up fighting the main bad guy who turns out to be your mentor from the beginning captain blue who then becomes king blue uh and you beat captain blue he becomes your friend again your mentor and he does a nice little hint a little nod at the end of the game uh where he talks about how yes you saved the world this time but you probably have to do it at least two more times hinting at beautiful joe two and three uh because they obviously like already had the other ones in the making i mean they had character models for the the next uh, game already in the first game so it's kind of silly that you know just a little little classic things like that but i i still enjoy this game you know i still think it's kind of fun but the story is just a little it's a little haphazard and all over the place uh one of my favorite things that they do i don't know if you're a fan of this uh like a fan of when characters break the fourth wall you know like deadpool style and they mm-hmm. definitely do this a lot where one of the villains, Alistair, actually takes out a script and starts reading. He's like, what was I supposed to say here? Uh, oh, yeah. And then he explains the whole like evil plot and plan to Joe like while he's doing that. And I'm like, OK, this is kind of silly, you know. Uh, but I, I'm curious about like I didn't play a lot of other beat em ups or things like that. And I'm wondering, like, how in depth is the story in other classic beat em ups or modern ones, you know, like, do they really go into detail with it? Or is it kind of like, more simplified, so you can just get back to the action? It's usually simplified. You know, I feel like especially if you go back before this, you know, you think about like Final Fight and all that, like there's a story there. But of course, because the limitations of the console, they probably weren't able to put massive story in them. But when you look at that generation, like PlayStation 2 and stuff, I mean, yakuza was on there you know it's Mm -hmm. you think back and like they were able to weave stories into these kind of brawlers granted you know beautiful joe is more of like an arcade kind of brawl because it it knew that it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously i mean that's actually what i really liked about it and kept me going was like it wasn't with the fourth wall like usually i don't really like fourth wall breaking 
in games, mm-hmm. but when it's like comedy or like this, like I like it because it just fits. You know, you, when you play a serious game and they break the fourth wall, it's kind of like, why? Right. You know, but compared to like other ones, I mean, brawlers have a problem that I've noticed that if they have a deep story, they end up not being good i mean Mm. i keep thinking of the bouncer on the ps2 that just i mean it was a launch title but it i just remember the story and that being god awful right but the action was cool and i feel like a lot of times with those games they don't know a good it's not balanced it's either good story and really repetitive action or not the best story but they focus more on the action which makes it more fun right you know it really comes down to like what do you want from it and for me when i play these kind of games i usually go more for the action because you don't get that kind of gameplay in other games and like with this like because it was side scrolling i'm like oh i like it because it's different you know it's it's not that like open worldy kind of where you can move everywhere mm-hmm. It it really felt like a good arcade time, and I actually really liked that. Yeah. It was able to really, it did do that very well, where it brought the arcade home, which I think was the ultimate goal here, was to bring that, that classic arcade experience back to the players, right? And that was, that was definitely fun. Um, but I want to talk about a little bit about the mechanics of the game a little bit more. We touched on it a little bit with, like, the zoom-in features and the power-ups and stuff like that. But there's definitely some... Uh, mechanics that playing it now were really frustrating um i would say and they definitely need to be kind of revamped or actually it might be a good idea just to leave it as is if they ever do a remake because people need to learn from that right they need to learn from the more like i guess the mistakes of the past right like it's always good to look back at those things but one of the things that i learned whenever i was in school and one of the things that really bugged the hell out of me while replaying this game was you don't want to have too much information going on off screen, right? Um, Whether it's puzzle pieces or enemies or them doing attacks and stuff like that. Like this whole game felt really zoomed in. And then whenever you zoom in to actually enact some of your special abilities, you really cut off everything. All your information is out the window. You know nothing of what's going on. And there's so much stuff going on outside of your peripheral view that it makes it really hard to kind of gauge what you should be doing next sometimes. Where I even found that like some of the puzzles, like they had bits and pieces really, really high up that you had to double jump up to get and you can barely see it. And you had to like, you had to explore the world, which is cool to see these little pieces, but you should really give the players as much information as possible. And I don't know if maybe that's more of like a common thing or like a modern idea. Um, and maybe like back then or with more classic or, or arcadey style games, they didn't really do those tropes more. But I don't know. I feel like the more information you give the player, the easier it is for them to interact with the environment. And that's a very crucial thing. But I, I like I said, I'm not well versed in the beat em ups in general. So I don't know if that's just like a common thing um, to just maybe not give as much information. That would be my biggest complaint about this title. It is kind of common. I mean, usually when you play these games, you kind of expect the usual. You know, they don't, these kind of games don't really throw too many innovations at you, but when they do, they do like 
throw it in your face. You know, there's not too much hidden stuff going off screen, mm. you know. But I, I agree, like, this game did have some things that I was like, hmm, kind of weird, like, different things to collect. I was like, this is just, I don't know. Yeah. I felt like we're too, we're too spoiled now with a lot of these games making it very easy to understand all that kind of stuff. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and actually, you t- talking about the collectibles, like, there are a lot of things for you to collect in the game, and it makes it, like, kind of more classic. It's like, think, like, picking up coins in Mario, right? Um, and the collection stuff is actually directly tied to your special ability to control time. And that was probably my biggest, like, oh, come on, guys. Like, that bugged me when I was doing this second playthrough, uh, was that you have a very limited amount, uh, like, of special bar to use whenever you're slowing down or speeding up time or using any of your abilities. And in order to expand that bar, you need to collect 50 reels. So it's like film reels across the map, basically coins. And whenever you do that, it expands it by a small chunk. But whenever you go to the next stage, all of your progress there resets back to zero, which is kind of annoying in my mind, right? Like, I feel like that should just stay stagnant. It should stay a constant throughout the levels. Um, just because you you built this ability for people to really control the map and control the field and just play around with the camera effects just to have fun with it. And then you kind of like take it away every time, right? And it, I feel like with this kind of game, like they would want to give more to the player so that they're just like constantly feeling like the action hero that they are. So, I don't know. It's It's a little different, a little weird. But anyway, uh, so... You mentioned earlier about the companies themselves, and you touched on it a little bit, but do you want to go a little bit deeper into the company? Yeah. So, obviously, Capcom, you know, was the big one behind it, the uh, the publisher, but Clover Studios was actually uh, the one that developed it, and they were kind of... they. The people that made it kind of played a big part in a lot of other Capcom titles that would go on to being, you know, well-known. And it, during the GameCube era, the GameCube needed games to really stand out, right? They wanted to bring people in with exclusives and, you know, garner an audience. So there was a thing called the Capcom 5. And the first one was PN03, which is a third-person shooter. And it, from what I recall when I was reading, it didn't do too well because it didn't really do anything innovative. Except for dance. Uh, <laughs> and dance, yeah. yeah. Basically, if you look at it, you could be like, oh, this is like a very weird version of Bayonetta that's not as stylish. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a, beautiful it's like a tech demo for Bayonetta, I would say. It feels like it. and I mean, it kind of looks like it, too. And... Then Beautiful Joe was kind of like the next big franchise from it, kind of like very innovative in a sense. And uh, Dead Phoenix was the third title, which ended up never getting released. And then the biggest title out of the five was Resident Evil 4, uh, which I feel like really brought the cap uh, the GameCube, you know, to light and brought more people into it. And then the last one of the five was Killer7, which is a Suda 51 game, which are always a little weird. But, I mean, they're really stylish. They're cool. They have that cell shading going on as well. Um, 
I remember actually really liking that game, even though it's like usually pretty mixed. But the problem with this five, Nintendo told Capcom, hey, like we want these all as exclusives on our console. Like we want to keep this here. Capcom USA kind of didn't hear that. And Resident Evil 4 ended up being the only exclusive. That's why we see Beautiful Joe and PN and Killer7 all on the PS2 as well. And to an extent, it kind of hurt the sales. I mean, when you look at Beautiful Joe, for the GameCube, pre-orders were sold out on the Capcom website. But for the PS2, it basically failed. Like the first week, they only sold like 9,000 copies, which is nothing. Yeah, that's really abysmal. And with Clover Studios, I mean, they ended up going on to make like um, all four beautiful Joes, the last two being handheld games. Uh, they did Okami and they did God Hand, which I mean, both of those have a really big following yeah. behind them. Okami's great. I love that one. Yeah, I I love that game. I, want, I really want to go back and play it because I feel like that'd be another one that like be fun to look at. Yeah. And God Hand's really weird and interesting, and I think it's really cool. I don't think it's worth the price that people are selling it for, but it's definitely an interesting game that deserves the the cult following it has. But a big problem, like the problem with the Beautiful Joe team and Clover Studios, is that Capcom was pushing down hard on them, right? Mm -hmm. And the big people from Clover Studios ended up leaving Capcom because I mean one they got shut down but Capcom was putting harsh rules on them right during the early 2000s Capcom had a rule saying that 70 to 80 percent of all new projects must be sequels of properties that already exist and that's why like we didn't see really any we didn't see a lot of like new franchises from Capcom, like around that little era, because they just wanted to do sequels. So people from Clover Studios left and they went on to form Platinum Games. And that's kind of, I mean, that's where they started. You know, Platinum Games is known for a lot of big name games now. I mean, they did Bayonetta, they did Vanquish, they did Astral Chain, Near Automata. And I mean, when you think of these not just brawler, but like action RPG games that they're, they're the one that gets thrown out there first because to an extent they kind of perfected the craft. And I mean, going back and playing beautiful Joe, it's like the, the style of the action, I can feel it right. Like being able to duck down to avoid upper hit or jump up. It's, it's so different for a brawler and looking at, where they're at now, I'm like, oh yeah, I can really see now where they started. And it's cool. It's cool looking back. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Platinum Games, they're doing fine now. Like they're they're making good games. And it's sad to see the beautiful Joe just kind of like disappeared. Uh there was an interview at PAX last year, uh, and they asked him, Hey, is there ever planned for a third game? And he was like, you know, email Capcom. Like they want to work on a third game. Like mm-hmm. they, they said themselves, like they'd be willing to make a new one. They want to bring it to the switch, but because Capcom has the IP, you know, they can't really do it. Right. And, and they need the seeing fanfare how, to say, we want this. And that's the thing with Capcom too, is that they're not afraid of bringing back old stuff. 
But I mean, would they be willing to bring this game back? Because it's like, it's a cool game, but, you know, Resident Evil is timeless. So, of course, they're going to bring those games back. But Beautiful Joe, like, it's it's cool. But if they brought it back, like, what would they do with it? Because, I mean, cell shading looks kind of timeless already. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really update that too much. But going back to what you said about gameplay, like, that would be the one thing that could change. But yeah, I'm wondering what they would feel be like... able to really tweak in there. I guess like they can throw in like the inception idea, right? Where like the world turns, like what other camera tricks can they throw into this game to make it interesting and new and innovative, you know? Yeah. And it's like with Capcom, I feel like they're they're really weird about like the games they bring back. So I mean, I would love to see a third game. It'd be really cool to play a modern version, but do I really see it happening? Not unless a lot of people like show interest, which there's a good community, but I don't really think it's enough. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they brought back the wonderful 101, at least as a port. So, I mean, I could at least see these games getting ported right. to modern stuff. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the, Yeah, I mean, Capcom has always been really strange about that. But I feel like Capcom really likes to hold on to previous IPs, like, majorly. You don't really see a lot oh, of yeah. new stuff coming out of them, right? So I guess I wouldn't be too surprised if you see a beautiful Joe on the horizon, a new one coming out. Uh, but I don't. I just don't know how well it would do nowadays, right? Like, it, it has a has that, uh, cult, like, that following behind it, but... I'm just trying to think, like, what new things could they potentially do? That, like, what would, like, what would it take to bring you in? You know, like, you've seen the the basic mechanics that it has now, um, and the second one didn't really expand on it too much. I would say, like, it just gave the new character a gun, right? Like, ooh, yay! But it's all a lot of the same tropes, where it's you know, slow down time, speed up time, and zoom in for specials. But what would be like a an interesting like new dynamic or something that would if you looked at it, you'd be like, oh, shit. Like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm in it, right? Like, I think that's like... As much as I wouldn't... I feel like it would really take away what the game is, is if they got rid of the side-scrolling. I think that would probably be the big change they do with it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I know Capcom kind of likes their arcade styles, so, I mean... I honestly feel like, yeah, they would try to do something like that where it's more like an open 3D plane kind of brawler. Mm. I mean, they could make that where it's like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good recent brawler that's not Yakuza right now. But, uh, you know, just have it where it's kind of more open worldy, where, you know, you're exploring these different scenes of the movie you know, or you could be, you know, almost like a Batman role where you're running around this town being a superhero and you could rank up almost like an RPG kind of thing. Like there's a lot of things they could do with it. That'd be cool. Mm. Like imagine an RPG brawler where you're a superhero. Like that could be really cool, actually. Yeah. With like platinum game style of brawling, like it's it would be really sick. They create but, like a Justice League almost right in the beautiful Joe yeah. series. That could be, OK, I could see that. That would be something like you different. Could, you could find people, form your, like, group, and then basically, like, it'd be you and, like, you know, four other NPCs. Or you could even have, you know, couch co-op or something. And you could take on these hordes of enemies and it'd just be, like, a big brawl. Like, it'd be cool to think about, like, and if you just played by yourself, 
you know, there'd be buttons on your controller that'd be like, oh, command them to attack or command them to, you know, play defensively. Like, it'd be really interesting and kind of cool if they did something like that. Yeah. No, I, I do like that, actually. That'd be pretty cool. All right. So we've talked a lot about the good and the bad of Beautiful Joe if it held up, if it didn't. And, you know, there's a lot of really good things to this game. But, you know, now we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we do have something really, really exciting and special to bring to you. It's going to be a new challenge, a new segment for our show um, as we continue to grow. So stick around. Um, After the break, we'll get you that fun information. Here we go. You find yourself staring down the mouth of a dark cave, hearing the low rumble of something large inside. This is it. Everything you have been fighting for lies just within this cave. (laughs) Hey man, what's the matter? This is your big ending fight scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I've just been so tired today. Feels like I've been hit with like two points of exhaustion. You know what? I have just this thing to get you back into the adventuring spirit. Really? Of course. I have a delicious roast from Geek Grind Coffee. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. What kind of brews do they have? They have blends like Dragon's Roast, Dwarven Dawn, Wizard's Mist, and so much more. They have even one celebrating Jim Hansen's The Labyrinth, The Goblin King's Elixir. Whoa, those sound awesome. I'm waking up just hearing about them. Is there an easy way for me to pick up some? I got you. For the fans of our show, if you visit geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at the checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Whoa, that's great. So you're saying if I go to geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at checkout, I'll get 20% off my order? That's amazing. That's right, yo. (laughs) All right, I'm ready for this adventure. Bring it on. Hey, that's a natural 20. Just like the discount you can get when entering the promo code GLITCH at geekgrindcoffee.com. Level up your morning with Geek Grind Coffee. All right, welcome back to Glitch Cube. Uh, you know, like we mentioned before, and the whole reason why we started this episode was to touch back on some nostalgia. And there are so many games out there that, you know, maybe we haven't had a chance to play. I know I have a library of games that I've played that you haven't. And I know that you have a much wider library of games that you have played that I haven't. And I think that leads us into this next fun and exciting installment that we're going to be bringing to you. Do you want to take it away and explain what we're going to be doing here for these the audience? Yeah. So we want to start doing this every once in a while where we pick a game that one of us has played and one hasn't. Kind of like what we did with today's episode. Uh, but for me, the first game I want to challenge you to is a very special game to me. I think thanks to that, it really made me realize how much I love RPGs and I think just games in general. Uh, before I played this game, I I just liked the game. But after this one, it was like, it, it changed my life almost. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still think it holds up. And I think you'll actually really enjoy it. 
So this time I challenge you to Super Mario RPG. Ooh, buddy. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's one I've always wanted to play. And there's so many like cool little tropes and such great designers attached to this game. Oh, I'm excited to play it. Oh, it's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah, this is going to be great. So with this one, it's going to be a little different, right? So I've never played the game uh, with Beautiful Joe. Chris didn't play that one either. But for hashtag rehash, I know we're kind of introducing a, quite a few different things here. But with hashtag rehash, it's really going to be a way for us to you know, talk about games that we've potentially both played in the past. Um, and hopefully we can stick to that for going forward, uh, just so that we can see if they hold up and be able to revisit some fun memories for us. Uh, I also, we also want to make it a way to bring in potential guests to the show, uh, and have people come in and talk about their greatest game memories or their great game moments in life, right? Which games touched them, which ones really impacted them and changed the way that they look at the genre or the medium itself right so if we are going to be you know reaching out to quite a few different shows out there to see who wants to come in and join and we're just have a fun way to bring them in uh and talk about their greatest game memory so that's the purpose of hashtag rehash for you guys and then now this one right here is going to be mainly focused on the fact that one of us has not played the game at all and we have to see how how we like it, right? And we might be crushing each other's dreams <laughs> along the way with our takes on how the games are, but it's going to be really exciting and really fun to play through some of these titles that we both hold uh, near and dear to our hearts, right? Ones that really kind of impacted us or uh, ones that really stood out to us when we were younger. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but, you know, this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but we wanted to really just have something, you know, fun and exciting for you guys to hear and listen and just kind of keep keep the train going. Right. So I think with that, get ready for the next episode. Uh, we are both really excited to bring this one to you. Uh, and thank you guys so much for joining in, listening in. Uh, remember to share this show with a friend if you like it. Uh, do the same thing for other podcasts as well out there. It's the best way to help everyone grow and succeed out there. But with that, we're going to be signing off and we'll be talking to you guys next week. Uh, yeah, so enjoy, have fun. Uh, bye. Bye. Hey, go, go, baby!